Welcome to the Executive Talk Podcast, the place to chat with entrepreneurs, business leaders, marketing masterminds, and just awesomely creative people. I'm your host, Aaron Glazer, and let's jump right in. Okay, we are live. Terry McDougall, welcome to Executive Talk. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for taking the time and coming on our show. It's wonderful to have you. It's really great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, so much my pleasure. Is it still time? Can I still say Happy New Year? Like, is there is? Are we still in a good grace period for that? I think so. I think that I think we need all of the well wishes that we can get for a happy new year, for a happy year, <laughs> for a happy year, for a good year. That's true. Did you do anything to like at least like celebrate or take a break or relax at all to be able to initiate this new year with something, you know, something good? Uh, you know, my husband and I, you know, dressed up a little bit for New Year's Eve and uh, got takeout and had some drinks and <laughs> watched some stuff on TV. Uh, and that, that was really nice. You know, you got to do you got to celebrate even if we can't do the things we normally do. And That's then true. I did um, I did sort of um initiate the year by starting a new podcast too so that's uh you know not nothing like having a new project to get out in the year. <laughs> i'm all i'm all in favor of that and i think podcasts are a great are a great project to work on so i think you know i think that's wonderful i'm excited to hear more about that yeah yeah um exactly as you were saying before i i think you know even if we don't celebrate in the ways that we normally are used to celebrating i still think it's important to be able to do something to allow that celebration you know what i mean Len? so like oh, absolutely of course even if it's different it's so it's still so important to find ways to um celebrate uh, um opportunities and experiences uh in any way that we can it just it does so much yeah. for you you know yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's, I wouldn't say that uh, COVID has, it's obviously been horrible, right? But I think that one of the lessons coming out of it is really to remain present and count your blessings, no matter what yeah. they are. And there have been some nice things, um, you know, with, I, I have three kids and all my kids are back home. And, it, um, you know, we didn't see them a lot before. And <laughs> we get to see them a lot more now. And we've, we've kind of uh, started some new traditions where we yeah. go out in the, the, in the Midwest here, we, um, we play this game called bags or cornhole where you toss bean bags and try to get it in the hole in the board. Okay. And, um, sure. we, we used to just play that occasionally and it's become like, especially when the weather was warmer, it was like an every night thing. And we just, right. I feel like we were building some some fun memories that we would not have done had we been forced to. <laughs> There's nothing I, else I, to do. <laughs> <laughs> you got to create your own your own activity and yeah. fun. I love that. I think that's great. You know the you know the the bringing on more family time. Look, I have four kids. You know, and so, but the, my kids are younger and they spend a lot of time at home. So, um, mm -hmm. anyways, you know, and so. It's, you know, sometimes it's, oh my, this is so great. I love you guys. You know, hey, let's have fun today. And then the other time is I'm closing the door, get out of my face. Just, <laughs> I don't, I don't care what you do, but don't, right. don't do it near me. And... No hitting, no hitting, <laughs> but besides that, don't come unless somebody's breathing, bleeding. <laughs> no yelling, no hitting, no crying, you know, feed yourself if you need to. Yeah. And, and right. we'll be done with it uh, in a little bit. 
Uh, no, I get it. Look, you know, I think I think it's weird. I think I'm weird when I when I when I approach when people talk about this year of COVID. Um, you know, everyone, you know, I I totally appreciate and understand what it's done, how it's impacted uh, individuals, communities, networks, life, work, everything. Right, I totally understand that, um, and I'm definitely, I definitely, definitely am not downplaying those intensities at all. Right, not right. at all. But that being said, is maybe it's the optimist in me but i look at this past year and i say wow what a year for breakout in technology what yeah, a year definitely. for you know innovation what a year for learning business flexibility what a year for you know for such amazing uses of creativity uh you know and and innovation in ways that we've never had before what a year in springboarding businesses and entrepreneurship and a whole variety of of innovation where if we weren't challenged with that aspect, you know, over this past, you know, nine, 10, 12 months, mm -hmm. we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, you know, we, we wouldn't have like flown out so much, you know, as far as we would have, you know, as, as we would have. And so, you know, as much, as much frustration that this past year came, it's also important to be able to look at the positive effects that, that happened that, you know, that turned into that and that people, you know, appreciated and learned from, right? The opportunity for people to learn how to be flexible when it comes to where you work and how you work and how yeah. you make, how you make income and how you use tech technology and how you you know stimulate your your creativity how you spend time with people uh, there's so much to that you should be you know that really stands out in me as the as the positive side of it um you know and so i you know i try re i try really hard not to forget that side i you know? i agree i agree 100 percent, and i really believe that the adoption of uh you know zoom and some of the other virtual technologies that empower us to work virtually. I think that the adoption has been fast forwarded by like 10 years in 10 Absolutely. months. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I also agree with what you're saying in terms of how this has really shifted how we look at, you know, where do we work? What's necessary? I mean, I the the last place that I worked full time was already moving towards empowering people to work from home more. And in fact, they had done away with individual uh, workspaces, offices and cubicles and had gone to sort of that hotel model where you had to sign out your, your workspace. Uh, and I, I know that part of the idea and, and also part of the carrot for getting people to adopt that was that they'd be able to work from anywhere. They'd be able to work from home. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think a lot of us were a little skeptical about how how much of that was going to be allowed. But I really think that a lot of companies are going to probably not renew leases. <laughs> They're yeah. going to really re-examine, you know, who do we need? And, and also, actually, I was quoted in an article earlier in the year about um, my opinion or the opinion about with remote working, how would that impact salaries? Right? right, because if somebody lives in the Silicon Valley, they're going to have to be paid differently than if they live in, you know, the middle of Nebraska or someplace. 
Um, but really, I think it's going to provide a lot of freedom for both individuals, but also for companies to, you know, find the best talent and not right. be constrained by geography. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, cool. So, uh, well, anyways, on that note, here's to an amazing year of continued growth and innovation and always being able to see the positive in, you know, yeah. all of the steps that we take forward for, you know, a wonderful and successful uh, year. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Um, welcome. Welcome to Executive Talk podcast. It is wonderful to have you here. Terry Mc. Dougal, you are an executive and career coach. You are author of the best-selling book, Winning the Game of Work. It is amazing to have you here and to be chatting with you. So glad um, to be here. <laughs> I'm trying I, to talk, one of my favorite topics to talk about, winning, <laughs> winning at work. <laughs> um, so we're, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to, obviously, we're going to talk about your book. I want to hear about it. I'd love to understand your process about how you got there. But, you know, a lot of our listeners are also business-minded folks, and one of the ways that we learn from one another, and this is actually one of the goals of our podcast here, is to get the opportunity to talk to one another in order to learn from one another. And so we're going to, you know, I, I, I want to find out about your business. I want to learn about how you built it. I want to learn about, you know, your your authorityship. And let's let's start from the beginning. So, firstly. Um, Tell us about how you got into executive and career coaching. Um, where did you start from, and you know, and how did you get to the point where you are today? Uh, well, I guess it started. I, I I can't even pinpoint where it really started. I I've thought back and I thought, you know, I I'm the oldest of four girls, and I think being a big sister, I was always a helper. I was always interested in helping other people solve their problems. Um, that's something that I did even, you know, when I first got out of college, I would help people set their resumes up. And yeah, I just was always really interested in, in helping other people solve problems. And certainly yeah. as a, a marketing leader, I did that. I was also very ambitious in my own career. I am a first generation college graduate. So I didn't really have anybody wow. to model for me uh, what it looks like when you get out of college and how do you build a career. So I did what I'd always done, which was, you know, I read books and I just was curious and really tried to absorb a lot of information. But, um, you know, I did okay in my career, but I, I did not feel like I was advancing at the pace that I wanted to. And at one point I, um, I kind of, I don't know what, what you would call it. I guess I hit an obstacle. It was a little painful. Maybe we can go into detail later about what that obstacle was, but it just caused me to sort of wake up and say, I think there's something called like a career coach or something. And so I found someone who helped me, you know, kind of understand a bit more how I could advocate for myself within the, the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that helped me tremendously. It actually helped me um, make a pretty big shift in my career. It, it okay. set me on a different tra trajectory. and. Uh, and also, I would say I, I had some good mentors along the way that kind of pulled back the curtain a bit about what really goes on within business and what you need to do in order to add value and get credit for that, the value that you sure. add. And uh -huh. so, um, you know, when I left my job in 2017, I left because there were some like restructuring and, and that kind of thing going on. And I just didn't really see a, a place for myself going forward there. 
I'd been there for 12 years. I'd pretty much done everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. I started thinking about what do I want to do next? I was in a position where I could just, I could leave without having another job right away. And I wanted a little time to just think about what was next. Yeah. And I decided, well, I took a look at, <laughs> this is what I tell my clients to do. Like, what do you like to do? And what are you good at? Um, <sighs> and so I thought about those two things. And I thought, I'm good at coaching. I loved coaching and mentoring the people that were on my, my staff. So I got feedback that I was good at it. And yeah. I hired coaches. So I thought, well, you know, while I'm spending this time sort of figuring out what's next, why don't I just get a, a certification in coaching? And I thought that I'd get another job and I just kind of had this in my back pocket. But as I was going through the, the program, it just occurred to me, like, why not just do this full time? You love it. Right. You, you know, I love business. I have an MBA. Um, I always loved consulting within, within the organizations that I worked in to develop the marketing strategies and all of that. I love business people, you know, and so right. I, uh, I just decided to, you know, kind of combine these two things that I really love. So the coaching, my love for business, and right. also my desire to help people. And so uh, I, I've been doing it, you know, I had clients before I got out of my program, but I've been doing it in earnest full time since January of 2018. Great. That's awesome. Now, you work with uh, um, executives from top tier companies across all major industries. Yeah. Tell me something. How hard is it to work with these with these folks? Are they are they are they impossible to teach? Are they amendable to suggestion? Like, what's it like working with that population? Well, of course, it runs the gamut, but um, and it and it often depends on whether they have come into coaching willingly. You know, I mean, people that have hit a pain point and they've been living with it and they're like, they finally wake up and say, I got to do something different. Those right. are, those are usually people that are pretty easy to work with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll really dig into like, okay, what's going on here? Is it a skill? Is it a skill set that needs to be developed? Is it a belief that's standing in the way of you showing up and doing the things that you need to do to get a different outcome? Um, those, those kind of folks usually are pretty easy to work with. And I would say also the beauty of working with high achieving people is that yeah. they want to achieve, they want to see a difference and they know, uh, that they're going to have to sort of evolve and, and, uh, you know, they're, they're usually good students as well, you know, that right. they're, they're eager. Um, but you know, when, things maybe don't go as well as usually when somebody's been sent to coaching and they don't believe that they need it. Right. And, you know, it, it's just like in sports, right? You, you know, if you're not willing to listen to the feedback that your coach gives you, probably nothing's going to change. Right. Um, so, you know, you can only be coached if you want to be coached. A hundred percent. Look, the first, that first rule of, uh, you know, of leadership and growth really is if you, you know, you have to be amendable to the process, or you know what I mean? You have yes. to be able to put your own ego aside for the sake of the cause that you're fighting for in mm -hmm. order to be able to allow yourself to take in the parts that you need in order to let you get to that next step. Otherwise, you are always going to be a bottleneck for your own success sure. and your own growth. And you won't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. You'll just end up keep doing the same thing again and again oh. and again and again. The definition of insanity, right? Uh, you know, keep keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. But yeah. you know, listen, I understand that um, you know people who are used to 
getting positive results and winning, that it can be hard when they're not getting the results that they want. And so, right. you know, I, I understand this. I mean, I, I, you know, I was an executive. I understand that it's hard whenever something doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go, or, you know, you had uh, a failure or you, um, you know, you were disappointed. I understand right. these things, right? And and <clears throat> the coaching environment is an intimate one, right? People can let their hair down and they can, they can right. talk to me about what their real feelings are. Because a lot of times in the corporate world, you know, you've got to sort of like remain stoic and, you know, right. authoritative, even if you don't feel that way, right? right. And it, this is a safe place to say, you know, I'm, I'm really bugged by this person or, you know, I, I, I get nervous when I have to present in front of the board or whatever. Right. And that's okay. See, it's normal. It's normal. See, that's so normal. See, I'm a big believer and component that leaders need to be able to show seasons of emotion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it can't be summer all the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that like, um, and look, a leader needs to be able to inspire and to lead on a regular mm -hmm. basis, right? They yeah. have to be able to position themselves and their team in order to be able to constantly be producing, challenging themselves to the next step and succeeding, right? So, you know, there's definitely a mentality there. But that being said is, I think it's also okay and acceptable for a leader to be able to show frustration and, oh, and to and to express you know sadness and to feel doubt you know um the challenge becomes though is how do you <coughs> sorry is how do you let your guard down so to speak mm -hmm. while still not while not getting stuck in that and still allowing yourself to keep the overall momentum moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I would say, you know, there's a saying, and I can't remember who said it, it was probably like Maya Angelou or someone about um, how people may forget what you said, but they won't. Yeah forget how you made them feel. Right. She, was, I, right. she was talking about teachers, right? Is that you'll forget, yeah. you'll, you'll forget, right. You'll forget what you're, what you what you learned, but you'll never forget how you felt. Right. Exactly. When, when you, during the process. Right. And you know, one of the things that I, I feel like I, I kind of did this just intuitively. Um, but you know, when things are frustrating at work as a leader, I always resented it when somebody didn't acknowledge that maybe something that we were being asked to do didn't make sense <laughs> you right. know, or, or seemed unfair or something like that. It didn't mean right. we didn't still have to do it. But when people were like, oh, no, you know, this is a good thing. We should be happy about this. <laughs> if, if it's not a if, if it's something that's unfair or it makes you mad, like I with my right. team, I would always say, I know it makes me mad, too. Like, I understand this. It's natural that you'd feel frustrated by this. Right. You know, I'm going to be there with you as you're feeling this. Yeah. And we have to still do it. And I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. But I feel like, and I mean, I didn't realize it when I was doing this. I just kind of felt like it made sense to acknowledge the feelings in the room. Um, but I think that made people feel more loyal, right? Because yeah. they were like, she gets it. She understands. And certainly yeah. I felt like that when people had acknowledged my feelings <laughs> and didn't, you know, shame me for feeling a certain way or made right. it seem like I had to be sort of like a robot and just, you know, yeah. 
it wasn't like I wasn't going to do my job, but sometimes right. things don't make sense and you want to express that. And that's fair. Look, when you're building a team and you're working with a team, one of your biggest um, um, assets and strengths is your communication, right? Now, mm -hmm. that being said, now you have to let your team in to a certain amount of the process. Now, right. You got to be careful of that because they're not the bosses either. In other words, and there are some, there's some information that they're just not yeah. privy to and they're no. it's not necessary to bring them in on. But on all the pieces of information and process that they can come in on, mm -hmm. the more that you communicate that process with your team, the more mm -hmm. you're going to build out, you know, not only camaraderie, but you're going to build team building success, you know, absolutely. Or, you know, with a group of people who want to all strive together and achieve the that next level that you're all w working for, you know? Yeah. And, I, uh, I, I was going to say that, like, as a leader, a couple of the things that I think are really important in order to, you know, encourage followership is to paint a very clear picture of what the goal is, right? You know, so to talk about where are we going? Why are we going there? And yeah. then importantly, to provide context for how they fit into it, right? Yeah. So then it that they start to understand their why. And also, like you were saying, like that teamwork and that sense of camaraderie, when everybody understands like, oh, I understand how I'm going to contribute to this, right? right. I, I heard somebody talking the other day about, um, how like somebody who ran like a sports stadium that how they really motivated uh the maintenance staff is they made them part of the big the bigger goal which was like oh okay we want our baseball team to you know make it to the playoffs this year and they would you know say to the groundskeepers like okay well you know you guys are part of you know our winning team effort here yeah. right and so that that you know if you're out there riding the lawnmower doing the cross hatch on the outfield for hours <laughs> i'm sure it feels better if you know that hey i'm contributing to the success of this team rather than 100%. i'm just out here mowing a huge lawn a hundred percent and the more that you can create that level of um ownership in everyone's mm -hmm. role you know, you know what i mean in other right. words that like you're not trying to get your team to be like you Right. The success right. of a strong no. team is that everyone can be them in their best possible capacity in the role that they're in. Mm -hmm. you yes, know, and, absolutely. And, and let them thrive in that. And the more mm -hmm. that you can, the more that you capture all of those pieces for each of those individuals, the more they're going to say, let's do this, you know, and the more they're mm -hmm. just gonna get into it and they're all gonna be part of that winning cycle. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes when I've seen um, people that I've worked with who've had issues with getting that kind of engagement, it is because they have been afraid to let go of something. And particularly when people have, you know, moved to the next level, a lot of times they don't really think about how do I mentally promote myself to this next level? And what does that require of the people under me? Um, right. Because it, I, I think that it really requires to take a look at what's my highest value work. And for me to do that, what do I need to delegate? And if right. I'm going to delegate this, what does that mean? Like, okay, I'm going to have to spend some time training or thinking about who's the, the best person to give this to. And when you give it to them, you know, you set the expectations and you, right. you, of course you train them, but you allow them to do it in their own way. 
right? You They're to, not you. You have to trust them that they yeah. will do it well. They won't do it <laughs> like you. And that's okay. It's totally right. okay if they're not doing it like you, but you need to try. If you're hiring them to do it, it's because you think they can, and now you have to trust that they will. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So you started your business roughly like formally, you said around 2018. Now here we are mm -hmm. at, at 2021 and you have been, you know, you are all over the place. You are growing. You are really like you've established yourself as an authority in this, in this space. How did you build that business? What were the, some of the steps that you actively took to market yourself, to brand yourself? Like walk us mm -hmm. through what some of your process was to get you to this point and for those next stages um, afterwards. Well, I wish I could say that there was a, a big grand plan to begin with. Um, I, I started by, reaching out to my network and, okay. and my first clients came through my network. Okay. Um, and I, I, I would, uh, say that, you know, my network is, is my gold mine, right. Okay. It's, and it's really the culmination of, um, my entire career. Right. Cause I actually have people that hired me that I worked with at my first job and I was 22, <laughs> um, which I I'm thankful that I, you know, had all right, all right, and, good, nice. back then and I didn't act like an idiot. That's um, a good testament had, um, to you. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I, I was a marketer, so I was doing, you know, I was blogging. I was going to a lot of networking events. I aligned myself with some other organizations that could send me clients. Um, I, uh, let's see, what are some of the other things? Well, you know, because I was a marketer, I was doing a lot in terms of branding. Um, I initially used, you know, sort of one of those online, you know, logo things. But I, um, as soon as I sort of had enough cash flow, I, I hired a, a very experienced graphic designer to help me, you know, really think through on a very high level, um, what, I wanted my brand to stand for. And, you know, yeah. she helped me to develop that. Um, I've used LinkedIn quite a lot for okay. uh, lead generation. And, you know, that's, and then I've written a book. I'm doing a lot of, um, I'm doing a lot of uh, appearances on podcasts. And okay. now I've launched my own pod podcast, uh, which is called Marketing Mambo. And that's, that's kind of playing off my, uh, former career as a marketer. And I suppose it's my present career too, because I think when you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're a hundred percent marketer <laughs> as well. If you want to make money, you got to be marketing. Um, you got to always uh, be marketing. Always be marketing. One of my best friends runs a very successful uh, real estate business, and his motto is "always be branding." And you say, yeah. and, you know, and I'm like, that is that is correct. Always be branding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, the, I, the marketing mambo really just is the intersection of, um, you know, I love marketing. And actually, I was talking with one of my clients who's a marketing, um, who's a marketing consultant recently. And we just sort of got off on this, you know, tangent discussion about the intersection of marketing and technology. And it was just such an interesting conversation. And I was like, man, this is good stuff. And we were just joking about how, wow, this would make a really good podcast. And so actually I just, uh, I, her, her episodes coming out in two weeks, <laughs> we, did, <laughs> we did a, a podcast of it, but, um, you know, I have such a strong network in the, um, marketing world that I just realized I know so many people that are really interesting that can talk about different aspects of, 
right. of marketing. So I just decided to do that. And it's, you know, it's, it's a good thing because people get to know me, but I also just get to talk about something that I love with super interesting people. And I hope I that, that when people listen to it, that they're going to learn something. Right. We, um, we, you know, when I talk a lot, when, when I talk to, uh, to brands and, uh, you know, executives, and we talk about their marketing goals and their business goals, um, what the very first question I ask them is, okay, well, what's your, what's the goal that you're working for? What's the point that you're going to know that you are achieving success? Not necessarily that you've achieved mm -hmm success because success is a mm -hmm. constantly growing plane. But at what point are you going to be able to look back and say, well, I hit that milestone. I've, um, I'm achieving success. Now I'm moving on mm -hmm. to that next stage. What, what's, what's your success for you? In other words, where do you see your business growing? Mm -hmm. What would you like to see? How would you like to see yourself in this industry in the next, you know, three, five, 10 years down the road? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and you know, I, I've always, uh, had a hard time with the like, where do you see yourself in five years? Because I'm somebody that really tries to stay in the moment and see like, what am I liking doing? What's what am right. I enjoying? But I think that I could probably answer that question in terms of how I want to feel. Yeah. And the way I want to feel is that I'm in the flow. I am working with people that I really enjoy working with. They are getting the results that they come to me for, meaning that they're feeling um, successful and satisfied and less stressed than they were when they came to me. And, you know, they're seeing the results in their business. Right. Um, and then let's see what, what else there was. Oh, I know. And the other thing that I'm learning, I love learning. I love um, new challenges and, um, you know, any, any direction that I can go in where I'm just, uh, and, and also like interacting with, smart, interesting people. That's a, that's a huge, uh, satisfier for me in my career. <laughs> that's great. What were some, what are some of your highlights that you can share so far? In other words, when you look back and you say, you know, and you're saying, wow, you know, that was a really good moment for me. That really helped mm -hmm. you know, springboard me to the next step. I, that, what, you know, that made me feel really happy and successful. What, what, what were some of those milestones along your path that, um, you know, that you look back on and say, those were, those were amazing, uh, spots. Uh, you mean like for me personally or for my, well, um, you know, like as, as a person, uh, within your field, in other words, whether it's for you, it, it could have been working for your clients and, you know, whatever it is, but mm -hmm. like, you know, we, cause we, you know, let me put this into a context a bit is that I'm a big believer in celebrating successes. Mm -hmm. Even if they're small, you celebrate them because people yeah. need to celebrate victories in order to continue winning. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? If you never have an opportunity to celebrate your success, you're you're just going to, at a certain point, you're just going to get stuck and burnt out because you have no mm -hmm. concept of Am I even, am I doing good? You have no, you have no understanding. Mm -hmm. So that, that ability to celebrate victories, even small, mm -hmm. I, I, is a huge, 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 important, uh, step within, within your process. So what was a victory or two that maybe that you, that you were, that you felt good about celebrating throughout this process of business building? Well, I think that um, the the publishing of my book back in April of 2020 was a big milestone, and it's it's opened a lot of doors for me. And I I would say that it was really I actually um, 
the book started as me blogging. When I first left my job, I, I blogged for a couple of years and somebody opened my eyes up to the fact after I'd been blogging for a while that I probably had enough content for a book. And right. of course I did, you know, I, I used those as the seeds for the book. That wasn't, you know, I didn't download it and publish it. Um, right. And I wrote a lot more, but um, that, that was really cool to think like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm really, I, I, when I was blogging, I actually was getting feedback from people on different topics that were saying like, wow, you know, this is, you like nailed exactly how I feel. And so I, I, it felt good for that to be resonating and, you know, putting the book out, I mean, just actually having it physically there, it's, you know, available all over the world. That's a huge Um, success. That's not not a small victory. That is a huge success. That is awesome. You know? Yeah, it it really is. And I mean, and it's thrilling. And for me, again, I mean, I'm serious about business. I love business, but really I think what drives me is to help people. Like I really want people to be happy. I want them to step fully into their potential. I don't want them to be held back by limiting beliefs. And that's my purpose, really, to help people not only be successful, but also be happy in what they're doing. And so to have my my thoughts and my tips and stories of other people that I interviewed for the book to be out there in the world, you know, as this advocate that I don't have to have the conversation, people can find right. the book and and learn from it. That's, that's very, very satisfying. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when I realized, uh, when I started, I guess, promoting the book, and being able to get quoted in um, articles, you know, in a, in a lot of, uh, you know, big publications, I was pretty thrilled by that. You know, it, it de- you definitely feel, you know, legitimate whenever right. you're, you know, getting quoted in Psychology Today or the Chicago Tribune. That was, sure. you know, it's really, it's exciting. Um, but, you know, I would say that if I look at what I feel like my big successes are, it's where I have helped people. You know, it's where, um, you know, I, I actually got a note from one of my clients yesterday who just um, accepted a new job. And when we first started working together, I I mean, I work with people like from an executive coaching standpoint, meaning like they're in a role and they, they want to be more effective in the role. So I'm helping them with, um, you know, skill development or whatever. Um, And I also work with people that are, you know, maybe want to do something different with their careers. And uh, this client sent me a note that he got this job at this digital strategy agency. And it's really what he wanted, wanted to do for a long time. But yeah. we'd worked together about a year ago. And he, he had a really interesting background. Very, He worked in marketing, but he had actually um, done something very different before. And just our work together, he was able to sort of look around him and find a career path that was a better fit for him. And it happened like all he did was call somebody and they were like, Oh my gosh, we love you. We're going to hire you. And, (laughs) and I listen when this has happened a number of times with people that I've worked with and I like you, I'm very optimistic and I'm, and I'm creative. I like to brainstorm and I think things are, you know, anything's possible. And, but you know, sometimes I, I, uh, I mean, I can't guarantee that something miraculous right. is going to happen for somebody, but it does. A lot of times it does. But I cross I, my fingers all the time. I do. I do. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, right. I, I'm amazed at it, but I, you know, and it encourages me to continue to be optimistic on behalf of my 
clients and also to help them stay in that very positive mindset, to stay in that solutions oriented mindset and not like retreat into the cave where they want to avoid things or feel defensive or because that kind of behavior drains energy away from one's ability to focus on solutions. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what we were saying before about, you know, acknowledging emotions, you know, if you don't acknowledge and normalize an emotion, Mm -hmm. it stands in the way of being able to take productive action, right? Right. You know, if you're feeling really angry, like, I mean, you're not going to have any energy to say like, okay, I just have to deal with this, right? right. You're just going to be like, oh, why did why they do this to me, right? And that doesn't that doesn't really result in positive outcomes, right? Um, so I really try to, you know, meet people where they are. Yeah, sure, it's natural to be scared. Sure, you know, it's it's normal. This people feel this way. You know, now what are we going to do about it? Okay, like what what what's the Smart. what's the problem? What can we do right. about it? Right. So okay, so someone is considering whether they need a coach or they don't need a coach. Right. And they're coming Mm -hmm. to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. What, um, and they're gonna, they're gonna start asking you questions to see if this is a good fit or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what do you, what are you looking for? In other words, in, in a client, what do you, what are the things that you're trying to give over to them to let them know that, you know, this is going to be successful? Well, I mean, I ask a lot of questions about what, the person's situation is currently, what have they tried? What would success look like in the future? What's holding them back from doing that? And, you know, I'm sort of listening and evaluating for whether I feel like this person can, you know, has the self-awareness or is willing to, you know, really look at themselves and also whether, um, you know, I, whether I can gauge whether I think they're going to take action towards that goal. I mean, somebody who right. comes in that's feeling very victim-y, I mean, ag- again, um, you know, sometimes I think that we can spend some time um, processing that, right? Okay. Because often, you know, maybe we are victims, right? Maybe we have been done wrong in some way. Um, but if somebody doesn't have the willingness to shift out of that at some point and start yeah. looking at like taking responsibility for their own situation, and then it's not really, in my opinion, it's not a good fit for for coaching. It might be, a, you know, maybe doing some therapy might sure. be helpful. And I, I've had clients that have you know they go to therapy and they come to me, right? right. Uh, and there we sort of, I'm sure whatever we talk about in coaching isn't exactly what they talk about in therapy, obviously. Um, But sometimes there's a little bit, I'm not a therapist, but sometimes there's a little bit of overlap there of just dealing with the feelings or, or whatever. And that's, that's fine. But it's always with a focus on what's the action going to be that's going to get you to your goal. And, you know, again, I am like looking at, you know, let's get clear on your, your goal, right? If people come and they're like, I really don't know what I want. And I'm like, Oh, well, you can't get clear on what it is that you want, I don't want you to waste your time and energy, you know, just talking to me, right? Like, I really want us to develop a roadmap to get to that goal and start taking action um, to get there. So if you were getting up in front of a room of people, and you had five minutes just to, you know, talk about, you know, chat about, you know, give them some inspiration, give them some advice, give them some practical tips. What what would be some things that you would tell them uh, in order to help them start their process? 
Uh, well, the first thing that I would say is what you want matters. Okay. So often with, uh, especially with high achieving people, we, and, and I speak for myself, that we over time learn to focus very much on what people outside of us expect. You know, what do our parents expect? What does our teacher expect? Um, what do we need to do to get into this good school? What do we need to do to get interview at this company? Right. And at some point, it's critical to shift that back to what do I what do I think? What's important right. to me? And right. usually when people are what I call, I mean, I actually say I work with people that are successful but not satisfied. And usually when they're in that situation, it's because they have lost touch with what makes them happy. Right. And a lot of times what drives that can be that um, that they're sort of afraid that if they allow what makes them happy to enter into the equation that they'll lose the success that they've had. And see, I, yeah, but that's not true. See, it's, you can't lead other true. people. You, you can't lead other people unless you know how to lead yourself first. You know, if you're, if you're, if you, if you're falling apart, you, there's no way you're going to be effective mm -hmm. with other people that you're trying to, you know, you know, that's, that's absolutely right. And, you know, one of the other areas that I, I focus on really commonly with people is what I call the leverage points, which okay. is how are you going to get more out of your investment of, you know, time and energy and how you use the resources that have been entrusted to you. And right. we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, um, that sometimes people feel like, you know, oh, well, I can just do that faster. or I, I know how to do that, or it's got to be done the way I do it. <laughs> And you have to, as a leader, you've got to say, what is it yeah. that only I can do? Only right. I can do. And it doesn't right. matter if you're <clears throat> delegating to someone that it's going to take them, you know, two or three times as long to do it as you. If you never delegate, they're never going to learn it. And it's not oh. going to free you up to think right. about like, what's the next innovation or, you know, what's the, you know, how are we going to tweak <clears throat> the strategy? Right. You know, things that only the leader can do. Right. Look, if if you're happy just being what you are and you don't care about growing, you don't care about, you know, continued growth of success, whatever it is, and you're happy just, you know, milling around at the spot where you are. So then, yes, keep doing you want to do everything yourself. Right. Keep doing it yourself. That's fine. Yeah. You don't want to delegate. You want to no one could do it as good as you. That's fine. No problem. But just know. Yeah. But just know that by doing that, you're just, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? You're like, limiting yourself. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. trying to, it's like trying to drive with the parking brake on. Yeah. You know, you can, you can drive. You're just not yeah. going to go very fast. But you know what? Some people are really happy doing that. And you know what? If that makes you happy, then amazing. I'm not telling you to do anything different. If that's, if that's what you want and that works for you, do it. You know what I mean? But if you're someone who has future goals, if you're someone who is looking for a scalable and sustainable uh, road to success and growth, maintaining that model is not going to is not going to help you at all. No, you're going to get stuck and you're never going to get to the point right. that you want to get to. Right. And, you know, I, what I would say is, you know, when you said that, oh, people are happy doing this, Sometimes people, they're not really happy doing that, but they believe that that's the only option for them. And I really challenge people to dig into that and say, is that really true? 
you know, what's really underneath of this? Is it a fear that if you delegate that you won't have a purpose? Is it a fear that, you know, somebody's going to, you know, supplant you if you, you know, if you trust somebody who works for you, that they're going to, you know, you're not going to look as good. Like you really need to get to what's at the root of this and deal with that. Because, you know, most of the time, and it's sort of funny, too, because sometimes when I work with people, and I say, you know, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And, you know, they, uh, oh, you know, this could happen, this, I could lose my business, or, you know, all my clients could, you know, abandon me, or I could get fired. And then as soon as I say it out loud, I say, how likely is that? Like, you know, you just had the best year ever last year in sales. How likely is it that all of your clients are going to abandon you? And then they kind of right. laugh and they're like, oh, you're right. You're right. And I'm like, it's natural to have fears, but like bring them out into the open and look at them objectively. Right. And and do like a, you know, uh, a right. cost benefit analysis of the things that you're considering doing. And if, right. you know, if the risk of failure is low and then just go forward and have a contingency plan if things seem to go a right. little awry, like, okay, well, if this happens, what are we going to do? Right. But go yeah. forward, go forward. Yeah. I, I believe that the only thing I would add to that is when you're looking at that assessment, look at it with optimism, but look at it with truth. In yeah. other words, you know, <laughs> don't, don't try to sell yourself something that's not there because yeah. it makes you feel good. You yes. know what I mean? Because that also is not gonna is not gonna help you out with you know with your with your steps to uh you know to success either. No, you gotta you definitely have to do your due diligence and you have to think about the best and worst case scenarios. Uh yeah. you know, and I and I know that some people have a tendency to either be, you know, glass half full or glass half empty, but you've gotta look at both and right. and you know, allow both of those to kind of go into your decision about what you're gonna do going forward. Got it. A hundred percent. So tell me about your book, Winning the Game of Work. What, where did that come from? What does that mean? Uh, you know, what, what are you trying to get? You know, what do you want people to know and to do uh, after, you know, reading this book? Um, well, I, I start the book by saying, get clear on what it is that you want. Because people that aren't, don't feel like they're winning at work, a lot of times are on a path towards something that they believe is going to make them successful um, because somebody's told them that. And a lot of times it's not rooted in something that's very authentic and that they feel very connected to. And I mean, just as an example, I've had clients before who, you know, got on the path for their career because their parents said, hey, you know, do this, you know, become an accountant because the accountants make a good living. And they never really connected to say, like, is that something that I feel happy and passionate about? Um, and not necessarily that you have to have passion for your job, but you have to realize you're going to be doing it for a long time. Right. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people that have um, become too successful to make an easy pivot to do something different. It's not that it can't be done, um, but, you know, really start with what it is that you want um, right. and believe that it's possible. That's kind of the beginning. And then the other things are that, and this kind of goes back to what my experience was in the corporate world, which was, you know, I mentioned it earlier. I was confused about what I needed to do to move up. I was doing the things that I thought I needed to do. And it really was around yeah. like, oh, I work really hard. I'm going to keep my head down and I'll be noted. Like the quality of my work will just speak for itself. 
that doesn't happen. You know, you've got to learn the sort of unwritten rules of the game, which, you know, you've got to learn to advocate for yourself. You've got to learn to build a network of advocates for you. You need to understand, you know, how does what you do fit into the overall environment of what's going on in the workplace? Uh, One that's really important. And I mean, for business owners, I don't think that this, this is, um, you know, rocket science, but for a lot of people that might work within your organization, it might be, I, I tell people, listen, there's only three ways to add value in a business. You're either helping it make money, save money or reduce risk. And whatever you're doing, connect it to one of those, you know, areas of value. And I think that that's um, a mistake that a lot of people make when, you know, they're asking for a raise. Oh, I've been working really hard, you know, like I took, you know, now I did all of the birthday parties for the company last year, like, that did not help the company make money, save money or reduce risk. You know, that's a nice thing to have. But, you know, I, I really encourage people to think about and as much as possible, demonstrate the return on the investment of the things that they've done. Um, And, and, um, yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's, the book is filled with lots of tips and stories and uh, exercises that people can use to sort of look at themselves and, and think about what they want to do, but then, you know, evaluate um, how they're doing. Right. As well. That's great. That's fabulous. Terry, it has, it is, I'm so glad that you came on, on this show. Uh, It was, it's been so good to talk to you. You clearly are a wealth of information. Nation, um, and uh, I've learned so much just from having this conversation with you. It was really, really fantastic. Thank you, thank you. If um, if someone wants to get get in touch with you, how do they find you? Uh, they can find me at my website, which is terrybmcdougall.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn, and my handle there is terrybmcdougall. Got it. What does the B stand for? Boyle. <laughs> That's my maiden name. <laughs> Hey, I guess we're we're kind of Irish in my in my family. Boyle McDonald. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, fantastic. I'm really glad that you came on the uh, um on the show today. Thank you for taking the time. I am looking forward to continuing this conversation with you, and you know, and getting to hear and see all you know all the um, um amazing things that uh, you know you continue to take part of, and you know, and to you know feature that success. It's uh it's been fantastic. So thank you. Aaron, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Take care. Okay. Okay. How was that? That was great. I How hope that it met your expectations. <laughs> no, it was awesome. I oh my god, I was, it was so great. It was so great. I really um I, I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you. Uh, this really, you know, I learned so much. I um I particularly like that piece that you said at the end. You were talking about. Um, there, you know, you contribute to a business in, in three ways. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. Right. And that kind of comes yep. down to that, to this point of, well, am I, am I a contributor or am I a beer? In other words, I like, you know, like, are you someone who is just, you know, happens to be there and be friendly and people like who yeah. you are and da, 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 that's fine. And there's a role for you, you know, doing that. But when it comes to business, you're right. Like either you are, helping the company make money, you know, save money or reduce risk. And I think, right. I think, you know, and I think anyone who's looking to uh, step into that next role of management, 
you know, those are the things that you have to be thinking about and know how to report on. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, exactly. And and I will tell you that when I'm working with leaders and, and companies and, and say they've got a great idea and they're having a hard time, you know, getting approval for it, I, I always advise them, like, make the business case, right? Like, a lot of times leaders, you know, obviously, they're busy, like the senior leaders, they're busy. And um, they don't always know what people under them do, or they don't have a line of sight into the things that are going on at that next level under them. Right. And, you know, if I'm working with somebody and they're like, oh, you know, I've, I've like proposed this to my boss and he keeps shooting it down. I, I really suggest like, what's the business case for it? You know, right. how is this going to help the company make money or save money? Like lay it out in those terms. And, you know, I know in my, uh, my, experience in the corporate world, when I can lay it out in terms of dollars, <laughs> dollars saved or dollars right. earned, those were the things that made, that got approved the fastest. I mean, that's a yeah. no brainer for a very senior level executive. They're like, oh, okay, I invest $10,000 and we can make, you know, right. 250. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> no, look, you, you have to know how to talk the talk. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not just about knowing the info. You also have to know how to communicate it right. in a way that people know how to internalize it. It's not just yes. saying it in a way that makes sense for you. If for you, it's also saying it in a way that people know how to receive that information that makes sense to them also. And that, I think yeah. that's, I think that's so, that's so clear and obvious, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think one of the other mistakes that people can make sometimes is that they don't simplify things enough for people above them, you okay. know, and uh, you've really got to break it down. And again, if you can break it down to like, okay, you know, this is how much we're going to save, this is how much we're going to make, and this is what I need you to say yes or no to, and I'm going to lay yeah. out what the situation is, you know, what the action will be and what the result is make it simple. I think sometimes people go in and they assume like, oh, well, you know, the senior level leader, they they rose to this level and they know so much. And, you know, I'm going to go into a lot of detail. Well, that just confuses them. They're busy. They're busy. And they may not know a lot about IT. Right. <laughs> you know? They might have rose through the sales <laughs> ranks to get to the head of business, right? Um, you know, they're leading the business. They didn't do every job in the whole company. Right. Um, that's so funny. And yeah. so, by the way, one of the things that 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 I pride myself on in my business is I've done everything in my business, right? Yeah. Which is why, which is why I'm at the point where I am now. Like I've touched and I've handled every single aspect of marketing and branding from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And so now, even though I'm not hands-on on all of those pieces anymore, I still am able to effectively manage and oversee. Mm -hmm. different projects because I know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because I'm familiar with it, because I understand it, right? I'm so happy for you to do it, right? But when you, when, but when you report back to me and I'm able, I'm able to give, you know, um, uh, constructive feedback in a way that makes sense, that really, you know, that helps the, helps the yeah, campaign, very, helps the client. Very, that's very relevant. And I, I did the same thing and, you know, I started as an administrative assistant and then, you know, print production buyer and graphic designer and marketing manager all the way up. You know, I've done a lot of things, too. I but, will say that in some ways in my in my own business, I I'm I like to learn 
and I like to have challenges and that kind of thing. But in some ways, I kind of wish I didn't know how to do everything because then it would be so much easier to delegate. <laughs> and, and also, I, you know, I, I fully understand. I, I coach people on things that I need to be coached on. Right. <laughs> do you ever find that when you're talking to one of your clients, you're really thinking like, oh, man, this is great information for me. I, I'm going to start applying all these things that I'm saying. I have gotten a lot of aha moments for myself in the conversations that I've had for with clients that I've begun to understand things on a different level for myself because of the transformation that we're going through with my client. And which again is like one of the awesome things about being a coach. No, I love that. You know, it's so, it's so interesting because we might do, we, it's true. We really might understand all of these things that we, you know, that we practice and that we preach and all those things. Um, But there's something special about getting to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like um, when you say something out loud, it really gives you the opportunity to formalize it in a way that it, uh, you know, that you might not have had that opportunity to um, 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 otherwise. That's why I find myself talking to myself in the mirror, like all the time. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like- <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, it's funny that you say that because um, I, I actually, when people are interviewing, um, or they've got a big presentation, or they need to go into, you know, pretty high, uh, high, I don't know, I guess high risk, I don't know if that's the right word, um, performance appraisal, I'm like, write out what you want to say and practice it in front of the mirror, make yeah. it concise, get comfortable with it. Because a lot of times right. when people are talking about themselves in particular, they get, they get hung up. And so I'm like, listen, right. you know, just get comfortable with what you're going to say. And you know, kind of separate yourself from it a little bit. So it doesn't, you don't feel so self-conscious. But um, well, I've got another call that I have to jump on. We're done. Anyways, I'm so, I'm so glad. Thanks for taking the time. Looking forward to connecting again. Yeah, me too. Okay. Bye, Aaron. Yeah. Let me know when it goes live. I will. No problem.